Okay. Hello, I'm Roger Heathers, and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, where my co-host Declan Kitchen and I usually each write one song in the space of seven days. This week, we're having a roundup episode, where we will be discussing the last seven songs we wrote each, and uh, taking them apart, and talking about the pros and cons. Hello, Declan Kitchen, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing fine. Just to uh, clarify something right off the bat, there is a little bit of a difference in our mic levels and our qualities and everything. That's because... Um, I couldn't actually afford the petrol to go down and do uh, this last run, so uh, we're just chatting over the phone and recording our own ends of the conversation, and then uh, doing it that way. That's right, and so, that, that also explains why the intro was done by us singing <laughs> rather than playing guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, one of my hands is busy holding a telephone. Um, one of my hands is busy if, with something else. You didn't have to sell me that. Um, <laughs> So what we're saying is if Esso would like to sponsor the next episode of the Weekly Song Podcast, or the next series, we should say, then that's grand by us. Go nuts. Do it, Esso. You know you want to. I'm sure they're listening. Cool. So where did you want to start with this roundup, then? Um, I mean, the beginning is normally a very good place to start, but other than that... Yeah, the beginning sounds good. Yeah, week one, I guess we could just kind of go week by week, song by song, and just kind of talk about... um... You know, which ones, well, basically each song, just kind of what we liked and what we didn't like. Sure thing. I will warn you, I have less to say about some of my songs than I do about others. Same for me with both yours and mine, some of them. And some, yeah, some more, some less. So, first one of this run uh, for you was Party Inside the House. That's a very encouraging yes. <laughs> well, I was just just thinking, as as we often do before like a roundup episode like this, um, we both took a listen back to um, the songs of the past seven weeks to get a refresher. And um, I actually like this song more than I thought I did at the time, because I thought, oh, it's the first song, I'll get it out of the way, at least I've written something. Then I listened back to it, and um, it's kind of got a lot of the same themes as a couple of other songs I'm sort of working on as we record this episode, and I'm thinking of recording this one along with them, and I didn't think I liked it that much, but it turns out I do. Ah, okay. I was going to say uh, one thing, I'm not sure if I mentioned this at the time, but you've got some beautiful ambiguous chords in there, like uh, sort of these lovely suspensions that you don't quite know where you're going with them, or at least they're sort of like concealing where they're going to end up. Which I suppose if you like worked your wonders for production and had loads of instruments doing like all different suspensions and everything, you could have some fun with that. It could be really cool if it was like strings doing those different suspensions and vocal harmonies and stuff. That could be really cool. Yeah, um, but I I liked that one. I mean, it's very much uh, in your sort of post Lemon Twigs writing stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could definitely tell the. Um the influences come strong between uh, this 
series of songs and the past seven series of songs you know, in the podcast. I mean, I can't say any better that once I heard Frank Turner, my songwriting entirely changed overnight. It's just that that happened before we started the podcast. Right, so you can kind of own it a bit more. See, for, exactly. for me, it's like, when I found them, <laughs> it's insane because I'm such a fanboy of them now and stuff, but um, when I found them, it's almost like, oh, okay, these guys, and this sounds really, I don't know if it sounds big-headed, but they have a few of the same writing tendencies as me. So it's like, it's almost like, of course I'm going to love them, of course I'm going to be influenced by them. So it's just I allowed that, you know, rather than trying to fight it. It's, uh, <laughs> I just imagine just like you sitting over a vinyl uh, of the of one of their albums, one of their albums, just like soaking in the mystical energy. It's like, yes, yes, this is similar to my style. I shall absorb your powers soon. I really don't think I'll ever forget the like the first couple of weeks where I discovered them. And um, I looked them up on YouTube and I found um, a couple of sort of session videos they did. One was NPR Tiny Desk and one was at the Amoeba Record Store, like a live session. And I just, I was, my mind was just blown. I was like... I didn't realise music could be that, you know, interesting good. and good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was one of those things where you just think, right, okay, I either give up now or I try my best to one day reach that level. It's lovely when you reach, uh, or you see an artist like that and you think, I want to get that good. Yeah. It's 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 a nice thing to, to aim for, um, even if it does influence your music uh, a lot. <laughs> Like I say, I can't talk. Speaking of of you, we had a fight a landslide from uh, from Udeck on this this first week. Reflections? One of my failed attempts to sound like Rory Gallagher. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, one of the notes I've got down here for for that one for you is great guitar work. Well, that was something I've been trying to sort of work on more, is that trying to get a full range of sounds from one guitar, mm. if you know what I mean. It's like bass and melody at the same time, or chord and suggested melody, or basically just trying not to just do the melody and have something else interesting going on there. Definitely, um, it's a very multi-tombral guitar part. Even you know, as the song first starts. Ooh, look at that! It's a fancy word, multi-tombral. <laughs> I'll put that on my CD. Oh, uh, my CD. I will put it on my CD, <laughs> but I'll also put it on my CV. Put it on all the double-digit things. No, but <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! It, I just undermined I the whole multi-tombral thing, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we may have one of our episode titles. I'm just going to turn my volume down just very slightly. There we go. But um, yeah, no, it is a mul- very multi-tombral. Like you say, like it's got sort of the bass part, it's got like a rhythmic part, all within one sort of thing, you know, all within one guitar part. I like that. Yeah, I still need to try that out on electric. I haven't actually given that a go yet, but uh, I will do hopefully soon. Well, the the question I kind of have for you for this one is kind of going off that. If you were to take this into a band um, arrangement. What would you do to sort of like uh, expand upon the song and what different parts would you have the musicians play? Of course, you're asking me questions. I was just making fun of you. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I just suppose how many guitarists are in the room. Like, uh, you know, in a band situation, if you had a guitar part like the one at the centre of that, it would make more sense to sort of split it up into chords and melody. Mm. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I haven't given it too much thought. Oh, okay. Well, a simpler question, I guess, would be what style would you have it in? Like, would it be just like a straight-ahead rock song? Would it be something with a bit of a, an edge to it? or No, straight-ahead rock. I'm a very uninteresting fellow. Everything is straight-ahead rock for me. <laughs> straight-ahead rock. That's cool. Yeah, I really like that song. Um, it almost made it into my um, my top ones for you. I've done a top two for, for you, and my two favourites are mine as well. So it nearly made it in. It's, let's say it's third. Oh, oh I've... Uh got three favourites of your ones this run but uh, I'm surprised you say that because for me it was just something I wrote just to you know have something written for the first challenge because I always find I've said this before in previous episodes of the podcast but I always find first songs really difficult it's either they're amazing or they're absolutely terrible and in my head this one has been absolutely terrible but it's interesting to hear you say that well, you and me both. I mean, you know, I, like I said, when I listened to Back to the Party Inside the House, I was like, oh, this is just going to be my first week, you know, warm myself up, get writing. I think it's probably been the same for you and I this this first week of the run, where it's like, oh, okay, actually, I don't know how you feel about this one now, but for me, looking back at these two songs, it's like, you know, pretty good start. Well, for me, it always comes back to, I always like the melodies <coughs> of some of the riff-based ones. It's just everything else around them that sort of tends to fall to pieces a little bit. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have to give this one another listen. I must admit, I didn't listen to mine. I only listened to yours. Uh, okay, yeah, I I was going to do the same, but I'm kind of glad I, I listened back to mine as well, because, I don't know, just to kind of, like, pinpoint some of the, the things I did differently, some of the weaknesses and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, anything else you can think to say for week one? Um... Not too much. I mean, I've, I suppose we should comment that it was the first one where we did it uh, at the new recording location in your room. That's that's as right, yeah. To, as opposed to the old recording location of being in my shed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, excuse me, I, I, don't, I don't know how much of a difference it makes to listeners who have been listening to the show... Uh, before well, we you... recorded here, but to me, it feels like it feels like a different vibe to the show. It is a little bit. Tell you what, let's do a call to action. Uh, listeners, listen back to every single episode of the previous ones we've done where we've been in the shed and then to the ones of this run where we've been in Roger's bedroom and then uh, just let us know what the difference is if you can detect it. It's a lot it's of maybe work. Just, yeah, well, I have faith in our listeners. Oh, I do too. They're, um, they're plucky um, people. Indeed. So uh, I don't think, I don't think we've, any podcasts have described their listenership as plucky before, but you know, let's go with it. <laughs> that could be their fan name. The, the pluckies. The plucky, plucky people. Anyway, week um, two. <laughs> week two. This is going so well. This is normally why we're in a room with each other. One move changes the planet's 
But one of my favourites, actually, from you this run, um, Sink or Swim. Thank you. I, um, I listened back and I actually don't really like this one, to be honest with you. A what? It's got a brilliant vocal melody on it. It's got some lovely chords and like the ukulele just puts it into a totally different area. I think I like that about it, but uh, to be honest with you, I think the the um, the pitch was too high for me. The key was too high. Um, oh, so you see, I miss I miss high pitch, Roger. It's uh, something I always love when it comes back. High pitch, Roger is a very polarizing topic. <laughs> <laughs> some people love him. Some people hate him. <laughs> But, um, yeah, well, I don't all know, we can yeah. say is that only the dogs can hear him. <laughs> One thing I will say with Sink or Swim, um, aside from it probably being my least favourite, is some of the chord changes I got in there, because it was on a ukulele, you had to think about you have to think about your chords kind of differently, even though it's like like the top four strings, the top highest strings of a guitar. Um, I had to think about the chord shapes differently, which you know resulted in me having some more unusual or interesting chord shapes than before. It was, it was the same thing as in the past when we try and uh, shift chords between guitar and piano because the two, you know, we can both play them and we we both recognise that they're different entities. It sort of forces you to think about your chord shapes differently, which, like you say, is the same thing uh, that happens with the ukulele or with any instrument, really. Exactly, and it's, it's one of the perks, I think, of... Um... Of recording in diff or writing, sorry, in uh, alternate guitar tunings. Even if you're in just drop D, you think about the guitar in a different way. Or if you just, what I sometimes do is just randomly change the the tuning heads, and then work out where my chord shapes are from there. So it's an interesting thing, thing to try, I think. Which I think you did on Emily the uh, Emily the Healer in Supercomputer in one of our previous runs. That's right. Yeah. I'm saying. That's right. Um, yeah, just Go kind of. Go back and listen to that episode. Because the song's really good. <laughs> listen to our back catalogue. Only some of it is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the early ones when we didn't know what we were doing yet. Oh, God, I listened back to one or two of the early ones the other day. It's so embarrassing. I can't stand it. I, I try sometimes and I just, I just have to turn them off. The thing that keeps me going is your songwriting in the early ones, particularly things with Fireworks Nights and. Uh, if you know, I like hearing like the initial versions of things like tomorrow. But, yeah, yeah, it's quite clear that we didn't know what we were doing. Said the two people who are now having to phone each other uh, to do a podcast because one of them couldn't afford petrol. <laughs> I tell you one thing, I really don't like listening back to the um, the podcasts is because and this is completely like it's it's understandable, but I still don't like it. Is that because the songs are so fresh and we usually written them the day before. Our performances, well, I say our, my performance of my new songs. Our performances. Okay, our performances <laughs> um, are shaky at best. So uh, I don't like oh, hearing yeah, myself falter in having hitting bum notes every week. It kind of sucks to listen to that. Uh, well, we, uh, I don't think that's ever really gone away. There are some uh, episodes quite late into even some on this run where the songs have been put together quite last minute. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's still an issue now. I mean, all all the songs I listened to um, in the preparation for this um, of mine, I was like, damn, you know, my my pitch could be better. The chord... Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, give it another few weeks of me playing this song and practicing it and recording it. The chord shapes become more locked in. The rhythms become tighter. All that stuff happens. It's just... But then this is the thing of writing a song in a week, isn't it? It like, is, you yeah. don't You don't get chance to polish everything. You literally get the rough idea 
you develop it as much as you can and then you shout it at the other person and hope they like it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think you've said before, it's not the weekly performance podcast, it's the songwriting podcast. So, Yeah, so hopefully we can get a bit of leeway with that one. Your uh, song this week was The Finger on the Trigger. A trigger of the light is what he told himself. I did come up with some unusual, some unusual topics for songs this week at uh, this run. Yeah, I um, I really like the fact that it's um, correct me if I'm wrong, Captain Scarlet, right? The opening, uh, the opening titles to Captain Scarlet, yeah. yeah. Um, which was was left out straight the out of left field, and still is. I listened back to it, I was like, I can't believe it's cool, but I can't believe you chose that as your topic. It's, it's really uh, out of left field. Well, you know, it happens. But I do like the chords in that one. I was, um, mm. But uh, I was very heavily listening to Felix Hagen at the time. When I was first writing the chord sequence, I thought it was going to end up being something like um, Desperation Reeks or Lonely Little Urchin Child or one of those songs like that. Basically, go and listen to Felix Hagen. is really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it completely didn't. But then that's... Again, we've discussed this before, but you'll have these things where you're writing the music, because we tend to write the music first, um, you know, you'll write the music, you'll think, oh, this is going to be a great love ballad, or, you know, this is going to be such an angry, punky, aggressive song, and then you go to write the first words, and it's completely different, you go, oh, oh well, <laughs> guess we're doing that then. That's such a funny thing about songwriting, that thing of, I guess we're doing that then, it happens so often. It's, uh, yeah. you don't actually have as much control as you think you do. It's an art, not a science. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of interpretation and uh, going with the flow. Yeah, I mean, we do try and, like, develop techniques and, like, uh, get better at writing songs quickly. And mm. I think it's fair to say that both of us, given 24 hours notice, could write a fairly good pop song. But it's just challenging ourselves to do weirder and different things than that as well, which is the main point of this challenge. Like, uh, we could turn up with four chords every week, but that would get very boring. Exactly. I mean, that's what I did a couple of weeks, but <laughs> but if we did well, it every week, yeah, for sure. Well, they made a nice change to like uh, your usual modus operandi, which is like really clever, intelligent songwriting. Um, well, thank you very much. Oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes. Um, oh yes. Oh, but okay. what was I going to say? Oh yes. Yeah, I think I think it's we've had this conversation before uh, when we were talking about like songs don't need to be complex, but at the same time. We are trying to provide content and entertainment here, or at least something interesting to talk about, which is why we tend to skew our songs to having loads of chords and things like that, and weird subjects and like changes in meter and rhythm. Yeah, I mean, also, you and I, we do talk about lyrics, there's no denying that, but there's also an element of, this isn't all about lyrics, so... You know, you can have a really lovely, and there are loads of them, you can make a list of lovely songs with four or five chords and beautiful lyrics, but like you say, when you're doing a show, it's, well, not a show, when you're talking about it for people to listen to, it's, um, 
you kind of want more going on musically as well, I suppose. Well, I think the, th- uh, the point I always come back to at the end of the day is that I'm a musician, I'm not a poet. I wish I could be both, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm much better with notes than I am with words. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's kind of like, it reminds me of that Freddie Mercury interview where he says, I'd love to have myself a Bernie Taupin and get someone else to do the words for me, but then I'm so much of a control freak that I need to do it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew he said that. Uh, there's a, um, oh, I think it's a series of interviews in 76, just after Day in the Races, uh, mm. in Detroit, which they did uh, interviews with all of the band members. I'll send them to you once we finish this podcast. Okay. That was that was a good era for Queen. Probably, you know, a few years well, on they, either, either side of that, my favourite. Well, that's sort of their golden period. But um, for Between Cheer, Heart Attack and News of the World. But... Uh, they're actually talking about album number six, uh, what it would be. And the interviewer says, so is it going to continue the Marx Brothers theme? And Brian May goes, no, the next album is not going to be called Duck Soup. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Funny boys, funny boys they are, all of them. Yes. Um, but yeah, I can't think of too much more to say else about um, my Captain Scarlet song other than what's already been said about it. A lot of this episode, I will just say to the listeners, is going to be, go back and listen to the actual episodes. Go back. Go back. Um, All right, let's move on to uh, week three. I'm stranded in debt to you. What are you doing when you're older? Contribute to the grand old market. We want to see you looking stronger. I've got a feeling. The grand old market. I love that song. That was like proper, like little musical song. It sort of developed and it had different characters and it was lovely. Thank you. Yeah, I um I put a little star next to the grand old market. Um, that's one of two that I uh I like and I like enough that I'm going to uh. Use it on a, uh, a future project. I've actually started recording it now. I've um, I've got the drums for it. I've recorded all of my parts for the Grand Old Market, and it's going to be on an album I'm putting out next year. Um, and yes, I sent it off to um, my friend Miguel in Venezuela, and he kept putting some strings on it, and uh, my friend Joe to put some backing vocals on it. So that'll be a fun one. I'm going to put that on about um, two weeks or so. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear that. I was pleased with that one. I think that's kind of about the time. I don't know how much I've addressed this on the podcast, but um, that's about the time I kind of got this vague concept in my in my head for what my next like collection of songs is going to be. Ooh. Um, I mean, so like we've yeah. had discussions behind the scenes that you were just going to do Winter Tape Seven, but not called Winter Tape, and have that as your next album, and then you were developing this concept for another album, for another album, like album number two. Hmm. So. It's uh, going to be interesting. I mean, like I say, you are talking to your biggest fan here, so... Oh, you. Oh, you. Don't worry, I'm going to insult him later. It'll all make it all even. <laughs> oh, I like the idea that there's, there's a week coming up that we're about to talk about where you'll just be like... <laughs> that one was terrible! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was quite pleased with, with this song. Um... I mean, it, again, it's like kind of go back to the episode and listen to the description of it, but 
Um, I do like that it's kind of a a kind of character piece in a way, and it's kind of about a town. And it, at least at least in my head, it's got a certain amount of imagery to it, which I'm quite proud of. Um, it so. does conjure up a load of, particularly in the second verse, where you have lines like. Uh, Oh, I laughed all night with a free candlelight service for you two and everything. Like, uh, mm. there's a very strong image built up in my head there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not to go too much into this. I don't know how much of interest this is to anyone, but the the reason I've kind of underlined this one and and recorded it and started to you know do stuff with it is because it has a sort of because it has that imagery to it. There's a few songs, um, a few more actually that we'll talk about soon, which kind of fit into this sort of. Um, I don't know. It's all set in a town, basically. So the Grand Old Market is perfect because it sits right in the centre of that town. But yeah, that's all I can think to say. So about essentially, that one. you're going proper concept album on this one. Kind of, kind of, but um, it's probably just that Lemon Twigs influence again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they did go to school, and I'm doing go to town or something. <laughs> <laughs> go to town. That's a great title. <laughs> Oh my like, god, that would be terrible. No matter what the plot is, it has to be called Go to Town. I wanna go to town. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I can think to say for that one. Um, Strange Journey so was yours this week. first one of mine I actually like on this run yeah Strange Journey is a really good one and it's, uh, I think it's the first one I took my guitar into work to try and finish it off because I had that little time but uh, it sort of it, it feels very informed by going home for a week that one which I quite like I, well, love, I mean that's yeah. what the entire lyrics are all about I love that song because it's got a great story to it I completely I can picture everything in it and it's very personal and I, I really like that and it's about you know family and friends and reflecting on kind of where you've been it's also very that. fast <laughs> it's very, very fast <laughs> There's, it's a good mixture of fast loud and sentimental <laughs> which is a rare combination which is the name no, of Declan's not many people album. do it for a good reason <laughs> except for you no you I really like that song that's, that's a really good one it's, um, but I think it is probably one of the most chord-a-second or chord-a-syllable uh, songs I've written in a while. Yeah, and you know how much I like those. You're very good at yeah. those. Well, it's the only way I can write. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Every syllable has a different chord. That would be like fusion jazz or something. Oh, you know, maybe that's episode one of next week. Maybe, that, yeah, maybe that's a special episode coming up. Uh, maybe. Knows? Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I really like that one. And I do like the riff as well, because it's sort of ambiguous. I like that one chord, like after the... Oh, yeah. Because that's sort, of, that's sort of a nicely ambiguous, just on a guitar, whether it's E or G minor. Definitely. Uh, I G mean... sharp minor, which I quite like. Not only is it cool tonally and like th- that chord is cool, but that whole dun 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 dun, it's it's kind of it's a riff built for having drums underneath it. You know, like a really 
like heavy not not heavy but like a hard hitting drummer just really accenting those beats I mean soft Foo Fighters is where it's positioned in my head at the moment where you would do it but yeah I mean you still got an electric guitar in your hand in your um, you know imagine scenario with this song it's not just like an acoustic song then no it's kind of like uh, I imagine the choruses quite get quite big but other than that yeah yeah absolutely but um, yeah. yeah I mean so you kind of like that's the way you go about producing it something like uh, Everlong or something possibly yeah that's sort of my gut instinct at the moment, but my gut instinct is not always right because my gut is a wildly confused thing, particularly <laughs> when it hasn't had food in a bit. That's another potential episode title. My gut is a wildly confused thing. <laughs> I, I like the first one better at the moment, I think. That's, uh, yeah, that's all there is to that song. It's just a fast breeze through some chords. Cool, that's a fast breeze through week three, folks. Woo. <laughs> we didn't have an we didn't have an editing problem in the middle of that at all. No, 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 no. All completely uh fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do they believe us? I don't know. I There's another them. common opportunity for you. If you believe us, leave a comment. If you don't believe us, leave a ranting comment. If you believe us, you're an idiot. <laughs> way to insult our listenership oh yeah those guys um no i'm definitely joking um the pluckies. think of the pluckies roger i'm thinking of the pluckies the they're plucking brilliant um so week four <laughs> <laughs> i think that might be a title um, sorry that just really that's, tickles that's me. good it might actually even beat the first one uh, right week four and you had The Ordinary Pains. I really like that song. I'm sorry, times can be hard. An ordinary pain can feel like violence. I'm driving, staring at the sky and hoping you could feel my love more than the pain. Yes, I had The Ordinary Pains. Um, I, that's, that's the... <laughs> That's the other one that yeah. I had. Um, I keep consulting my doctor about it, but he does nothing about it. He just says they're ordinary. Sends me off with everyone a has some plaster over my eyes. So uh, yeah, I, this is the other one that I put a little uh, star next to to say this was the other one I liked of mine. Um, and uh, I've started. I played. I actually played uh, the Grand Old Market in Ordinary Pain at an open mic um, recently, and because uh, I had to kind of relearn these two to play them live, obviously again. Um, but with Ordinary Pain, I, I was actually really pleased, looking back, at how it changes key. Because it starts off in um, E major, and you kind of got these things, you know, E, A, B, that's 1, 4, 5 in Roman numeral terms, back to the to the E. And then at a certain point, it just, for some reason, goes to an A sharp minor, and then to... Because why on earth not? <laughs> it goes to, wait, wait a sec, so it goes to A sharp minor... C sharp minor, E sharp minor, and then for some reason you resolve to B, and I don't quite get how that works, but it it works by going uh, minor chords up a diminished shape on on the A string. I don't know if any of this makes sense, but anyway, you end up I was in B. Say, I'm getting a I'm getting a feel of what the listeners go through whenever we try and describe chord <laughs> shapes without actually having an instrument in the room. See, I'm looking at a guitar, but it. everybody else doesn't have that um that 
uh, including me for once yeah exactly but anyway i mean all i'm saying is that i haven't done that ever before with the song so i was kind of pleased to look back and go oh that's cool that i actually changed key in an in an unusual way you know i mean it's not just a truck driver's gear change at the end yes exactly um <laughs> um so uh, i just like that phrase uh truck driver's key change but um yeah, I mean, other it's than that, a lovely song, it's uh, it's kind of one of the more personal songs um, of this run for me. Um, like I said on on the episode itself, just kind of trying to be a good friend and a good brother and all that sort of thing. So, um, I think the lyrics are easier to follow than maybe in some of my other songs. So I was kind of pleased with that as well. It's uh, yeah, because your songs do tend to be quite lyric lyrically obtuse for want of a better word they tend to be very imagery based as opposed to just simple this is what the song's about now yeah exactly i mean that, that benefits to both the abstract sort of thing it's a big thing for my influences i guess you know like elliot smith and the beatles they're kind of although some Beatles songs are very you know easy to read some of them are like yeah you know I am some the of them are john lennon in the 60s <laughs> in the late 60s level of like really Really, you're putting that on a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows what a glass onion is? Apart from everybody who looked it up on Wikipedia. Sixties John. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of much else to say about that song apart from, like I say, I like that key change. But um, well, yeah, I can't think of anything else to say other than I really, really, really like it. Thank you. Do something with it. I actually am. I'll have to show you soon. Um, it's it's still in the early stages, pop but down in December at some point. Definitely, I'll send you a link. Maybe um, send you the MP3. But I've got getting drums for it done at the moment. Um, but anyways, your song for week four was "Sorry Can't Talk Now." stupidest song titles I've ever used. <laughs> Sorry, can't talk now, yeah. <laughs> no, I like it, I like it. It's one of those ones, I'm not mad on the verse. I sort of get where I was coming from with it, but uh, it's, a, it's a bit like a, I don't know, one note, shall we say. But then once it gets into the chorus, I do like that. I only wish I could perform it properly. It's still a massive strain on my voice. Even if you, I mean, maybe you could like change the key or something like that. But even if you didn't, and you went about just recording it one day, I can really imagine either a very Muse-esque production to it with that sort of style of production, or like a Jeff Rosenstock like snare on every beat type of production to it. You know, like a really punky thing. One or the other. I've uh, on this phone line. It sounded like you said a really kinky thing. Um... <laughs> Who doesn't, didn't? <laughs> oh dear. Um, I think it'll probably end up being more towards the Jeff Rosenstock mold. If it's going to be the more Muse sort of influence, it'll probably end up being a bit slower. Right, right. Because I, I end up thinking of Muse songs being like uh, Uprising, Supermassive Black Hole. Even Plug In Baby isn't massively fast, it's just the riff that's fast. Yeah, I suppose you're right, actually. I think it's also like 
there's something about the melody to um, Sorry Can't Talk Now that just strikes me as somewhat musy. Maybe it's the chords that the melody is over. You, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe I could hire Matt Bellamy to sing my songs for me. Maybe I never have range issues ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. He's got an insane range, hasn't he? He is actually insane. I think he's actually got quite a small um, larynx. I've read somewhere. I don't know how true this is, but he's got quite a small larynx for a man. Okay. Which explains why he finds it a bit easier to get up to uh, those falsetto notes. That's interesting. Like, citation needed. I do not know how true any of that is. You sent me um, a documentary on, uh, what is it, The Second Law? Is that the one you sent Yeah, me? The Making of the Second Law album. There's a bit where he's at the at the mixing desk and he's like kind of singing along to what he's got recorded so far. And he, he goes like, he tries a chest voice and he goes, ah, and he goes, ah like a, a falsetto and he goes it's strange the falsetto is just so much easier for me <laughs> well the falsetto is so much easier for everyone when you're getting up to those notes mm. but he's got some insane control over it yeah totally he's one of those singers who can just really pitch well yeah anyway enough about Muse um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Muse podcast I would not mind if we did that. You probably would, but I wouldn't mind. I'm not a fan, really. I mean, they're good. It's just, it's like the chili peppers. I know they're good, but I just, I can't get into them for some reason. Ah, that's fair enough. But at least you know that they're good. Or oh, they used to be before the last couple of albums. Anyway, um. Uh oh. Sorry, I am a Muse fan. I, I promise. Uh. Yeah, yeah, tell it to the judge. Yeah. I'm a, no, I'm a proper Muse fan. I hate the new stuff and I love the old stuff. <laughs> That's the definition of fan, isn't it? Or is that the definition of arsehole? I can never tell. Uh, maybe cut the difference. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true, though. Uh, but, yeah, like a great chorus in this one. And I sort of like the bridge, how it relates to the chorus, but, I, again, I'm not too mad on the verses. That's the thing that always keeps pulling me back down for that one, because it's just... I mean, it just doesn't really go anywhere. It's it's a rare thing for for us to do, I guess. But maybe you could uh, cannibalize the chorus. You know, just take the chorus from this song and put it into something else. It's a tough thing to pull off, but it's it's tricky to do. But when it works, it works. I'll have to think about it at some point. But uh, that that depends on me writing more songs, and it's come to the point now. I don't know about you. Well, I know it's not the case for you because you actually do write songs outside of challenge time. But I just tend to write during weekly song challenge times. It's probably why I got a bit rusty over the past year or everything, because we didn't do the challenge for a year. That's true, yeah. I mean... Yeah. When we do, when the challenge comes back, we promise you won't have to wait 12 months for it again. We're so sorry about that. No, true. But then, it's one of those things. Life happens, doesn't it? Um, yeah, because first off, you moved, and then we were going to do it in September, and then I moved, and then, you know, all kept... Getting out of sync and everything. No, we were, we were going to try it on the phone. I oh, know we were going to do it in August. Yeah, that was in August. We were going to do it back then. But and then we 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 weren't. I mean, I don't know how this is going to sound because we're doing we're recording this as we speak, obviously. But I feel like this is going to sound better than what we were going to do back then. So when we recorded in August, we did it where like I had the loudspeaker on, you know, going into the mic, and it just sounded awful. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's like Declan was like a little man in a box, and I was this. Basie. I was Count Basie. You're Count Basie. Count Dooku's less successful cousin. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Sorry. That tickled me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but what we were, what we were planning to do in August for this was uh, play recordings to each other, or something like that. And we actually did do a run of weekly song challenges between the two of us. And yours were quite good, but I was not happy with mine. And it was partly with the fact that there wasn't the expectation that I had to impress you there, or at least keep you interested enough to talk about it. And so doing mm. this over the, over like actually doing the podcast is one way of regaining that interest. But I do feel for at least presenting new songs, we should be in a room with each other. I agree, but I think that definitely highlights the difference between our sort of r- approaches to writing, and e- both are equally valid. But I mean, you've said to me before, like, you kind of you work well when you're against a deadline. Is that right to say? Yeah, I sometimes deliberately don't do uh, work when I have days free and just leave it to the last minute because I get into like the last minute rush, mm. which is stupid and. It, the song I didn't write like that this week, uh, this run, has been my favourite one, but it just tends to produce relatively consistent results for me. It keeps you focused on, you know, you've got to get this done in 24 hours. Yeah. Right, what have you got? See, for me, it's almost an opposite. It's like when we were talking about doing it over the phone, if that were to work, and then re- recording our demos, I think I would have liked that more because it allows me to, because the way I sort of, I work out the kinks by recording, you know, um, and I'm not talking all day and all of the night. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, well, yeah. it's, um, that's what you used to do when we were starting this one. You used to just record your acoustic and piano demos and everything before we recorded the episode, or like as you were writing. Exactly. I mean, the the time hasn't really been there um, this run to do that. Um, so I've got to record them at some point, but they're not fresh anymore, you know. I'm not even sure I will record them, but that means oh, I won't. Dude, you need that means to do I won't like have a songs. 100 to 175. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if it's not fresh. Well, it's not exciting it, to record. Well, even if it's just like uh, live acoustic as opposed to demos made as in during the creation, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, like a, just to play the song. Um, I might do that, or I might. Because um, I've I've actually got um, recorded demos for some of them, I might well, just. Well, you've got recorded demos for the past seven, uh, before this lot, uh, the seven that we did off air. I've definitely got. Sorry, this is this has just turned into a conversation. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think that's, that's that's all right. They like that, do they? Do they? Do you? Uh, leave a comment if you do. <laughs> do you? But um, I don't. Know. Anyway, I mean to wrap this up, I I I've got a couple recorded for this run as well. But then I might use my iPhone demos for um, the rest. But anyway, that's wrapping that up. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, you do need to get a weekly songs four out. God, it's four, isn't it? Yeah. Because I say, because I say so. We'll see. We uh, will see. We will see, indeed. Um, what was I going to do? Talk about week five, maybe? Sure, let's go to week five. That seems like to to work quite well. And that leads us into your uh, having a patch on the moon. Sacrifice. See those eyes. I bought you a patch on the moon in case we go outside. What can I do? 
see her truly Yes, um, one of the weeks I was nervous to go on a date and wrote a song about it. Hooray! Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I do about everything I'm nervous about. <laughs> I write a song about it. Um, yeah. If I did that, there'd be so many episodes about the Weekly Song Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, next song Going is called... Going down the M5 and I've gotten lost. Shit. Um. I'm behind a tractor and now this settling fog. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, The Patch on the Moon, not my best. Kind of, I feel kind of the same way about The Patch on the Moon as I do about Weeks 2's uh, Sink or Swim. Uh, it's alright. So you shouldn't feel that changes. way about Sink or Swim. Sink or Swim's a great song. Uh, Patch on Moon was one of the ones where you were trying to hold back the amount of chords you were using. That's right. Big mistake. <laughs> well, no, it's <laughs> no, I'm good joking. sort of... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to sort of, like, re-exercise yourself in, like, just using the fundamentals of uh, songwriting. Like, as much as we have yammered on in this very episode about we're trying to provide interesting content and trying to provide more complex chord sequences because it's more interesting to talk about and actually gives us new things to discuss... At the end of the day, you do need to know how to work G, C, E minor, and D. Exactly, and that's kind and of any related chords to those. Exactly, but it's it's the it's the chords in between those ones that I find the most interesting. So I found it really difficult um, with this one this week. There were a couple melody lines and lyrics in this one actually that I was quite um, pleased with when I listened back. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But the song, as the song as a whole, I was like, ah, I could probably do a little bit better. Ah. Uh. But, yeah. Well, I, I liked it anyway. I think it's nice. Thank you. Like, it's one of those. It's one of those ones. It's a nice, solid foundation that you could put interesting production over, if you know what I mean. Kind of like I'm in love with my car, which is basically five chords. Mm. But uh, you know, it's an interesting song nonetheless because they just went to town on uh, having a million guitars and car exhausts and things like that. Definitely. I mean, it, it, yes, yeah, it's, it's very. I don't like the song, but production-wise, it's very in its element on A Night at the Opera. Yeah. Not my it's song. It's just what you... Moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you need I'm in Love with My Cup, A, because it's got Roger Taylor doing that fantastic vocal, and B, because it's like a nice palate cleanser between um, uh, Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon and You're My Best Friend, because otherwise you get quirky and soft. You don't really have anything to bridge the gap. Mm, I, to remind I can't you that say they're a guitar I, band. Can't say I agree, but <laughs> I'm not the only one who dislikes that song, so let's leave it at that. <laughs> ah, okay. Mm. Well, talking of songs that you dislike. <laughs> no, no. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see this when we met? Is Declan's song from Week Five? And, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I really like this one enough to make it dun -dun 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 -dun, one of my top two of um, of this run for you. I just I told you at the time, but I really like this song. It's just so well crafted. Um, 
It's got an unusual melody for you, and the the feel is unusual. It's almost like a sixties type of tune to it. It's um, about the closest to jazz I've ever got. It's just, it's just, and even nice. then, like in inverted commas, jazz. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? It's nice, and that's different for me. No, I mean it's because usually you're a hard playing, hard gambling man. <laughs> But, oh, goodness, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But no, but, but, but we have one, we like, have different levels of hard compared to the rest of the universe. It's a little softer, and I think even at the time you were like, "Oh, I can't fit it onto any, you know, projects or anything like that because it it's not heavy enough or it's softer or whatever you said at the time." But I just think it's lovely. I think it's, it's such so a nice delicate. song. It is delicate. It's very much in the pause camp, in my um, my estimation. Oh, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I'm quite pleased with this one. Like, you know, you have a week where things start to click together a bit more. Yeah. And like, it, you know, sometimes it'll be week one and you'll have a run of seven great songs. Other times you'll click in week three. Uh, I think this was the week where I properly clicked into like, okay, I'm having to do this every week. I know what I'm doing again now. After having not done it for, well, after not done it properly for a year and six months, I think for the other one yeah exactly it, it kind of helps once you kind of get your songwriting muscle flexed again it's much easier to sort of go into a week and go right okay I know what I kind of want to achieve this week and here we go there's not so much trepidation but this is one I might take to open mic nights if I ever get around to it yeah definitely Just, you should I think it of my lot this time not to sort of uh, give away the game but uh for me, it's a strange journey. And did you see this when we met that I'd take to open mics by myself? Not to say that I wouldn't work on any of the other songs at all, mm. uh, but just not in the context of me and a guitar. Right, so these ones, those two, Strange Journey and Did You See This When We Met, they work acoustically well. Yeah, like I can picture myself standing up in, the r- in front of a room full of people I don't know and just doing them by myself. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I just love this song. It's so well crafted and, you know, the verses go so well into the choruses and every section is the right length and oh, in my mind, of it's course... It's a fluke, I assure you. It just, it's just got such a nice melody, you know? It's it's a really nice one. And, and also lyrically as well. It's, uh, it's a real oh, gem. You. I like it. Copyright Emily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for that one, though. It's nice, it's nice to hear that about... Uh, about your own work that you slaved over for a week. <laughs> well, I say that slaved over for one Thursday afternoon, but you know it's the same result. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, one of my golden picks of the run. Oh, thank you very much. But you were saying that um, this one's kind of more like a '60s sort of thing, or like uh, feels very much of the past. Am I right yeah. in saying that that's the same with "Honestly, I Will" as well? That you're writing that to be more like a '60s pop group. That's right, yeah, um, that is true. It's kind of supposed to be like something you might find on like a Dusty Springfield album or something like that. You know, sort of straight ahead, not bubblegum pop exactly, but just nice chords, nice melody, um, that sort of thing. Passes the time. Passes the time. You can sit there and listen to it and the time will pass. Oh, it, it passes the time jolly well, I must say. Thank you, I like passing the time. It's a lovely little song. It's uh, also into your mode of um, like limiting your chords and not going so much into the 
far-reaching stuff, am I right in saying? Or was that only the week before? Oh, yeah. The, the, this is the... only a couple of weeks ago, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's um, both week five and week six. Um, they were both sort of like, let me try and pair it back before week seven when I really did not pair it back at all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went a bit weird on week seven, but good weird. I did, yeah. We, I think we both kind of went out with a, if not a bang, then a funny noise. Yeah. Not, it's not a whimper, but it's something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... We are we on week six now? I guess we are. Yeah, I think we've I think we smoothly transitioned into week six. Although it's not smooth anymore because we're calling attention to it. Although this could be a deliberate stylistic choice, and we have smoothly transitioned. But then I could just be rambling and not know what the hell I'm saying. I don't it's think, up to you, listeners, to decide. <laughs> I don't think people who talk on the phone are allowed smooth stylistic choices. <laughs> <laughs> don't think we get to claim those. But, um... Where do you want me to be inside your luxury at home? If you wanted to appease, you'd have to spend your life to recognize the way we used to be. Freely recognize the walls and laugh. But yeah, honestly, I will. Um, it's kind of, uh, I guess it's like the post, you know, date nerves, kind of just reflecting on stuff. So is that the theme of your new album, like you preparing to go on a date and then going on a date and then <laughs> getting home afterwards? <laughs> By the way, these two aren't going to be on any albums or anything. Yeah, Roger Heathers with the Gate Chronicles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I yeah, like the pick idea you of, up at seven. <laughs> I like the idea of, and this is a terrible visual reference. People haven't seen it, but like the Ten CC album, "How Dare You," is like split across the middle, so it's two images. On the left hand side, it's me like straightening up a tie, and on the right hand side, it's me undoing a tie. I didn't wear a tie. Idea. It kind of reminds me of that Oli Murs album that he's got out now, where one half he's dressed in one top and one half he's dressed in another. One side is red and one side is white, and there's this really lovely uh, computer-generated paper splitting down the middle. It's it, it's it's something. Yeah, I haven't seen That's it. That's all I'll say about that. It's something. Ten it's something I've had Morris. to listen to for two weeks now. Oh, God, yeah. You must have uh, to take the rough of the smooth where you work. Oh, God, this week we've had uh, Michael Bublé, Little Mix, Ollie Merce, um... Who else have we had? There's another one that's uh, Mumford and Sons, which their new album isn't quite as exciting as the one I like, so that's a bit of a drain on the day. I've but on the plus side, we have had Fleetwood Mac and Queen uh, on last night when we were sorting out Black Friday stuff, so that was cool. That's not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, have you got Black Friday off? Well, we'll edit this out, obviously. But... Oh, you can leave it in. Yeah, I've got Black Friday off because I stayed till nine last night uh, setting everything up. Oh, okay, great. Um, so your song this week was Hand of Gold, for a weird segue. Into your welcoming arms, center and chase a certain feeling. Let doubt submit to your charms, never a moment of reflection. That's what the 
trying to remember how it goes. <laughs> That's the thing. It's hard to because obviously we listen to it more. But I, my my only question with this one was, was it influenced by newer Muse? Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, it's literally just me trying to write a chord with a Lydia, uh, a riff with a Lydia chord in it. Um, highly suspect. A song oh, of course, Lydia. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I could sort of see more of a Muse argument for this one than I could for uh, the other one that we discussed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, can't talk now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember the names of my own songs, and we only talked about it what ten minutes ago. Um, but yeah, that was just trying to come up with a riff with that sort, and sort of expanding out from that. Because some songs you have a complete vision for, and some songs you think, I want to do that. Let's see what happens to the rest of the song if I do that. So did that song literally start with wanting to use that chord? Was that like the whole genesis of the song? Yeah, I just wanted to put that chord in the song. And then I used it again next week as well. Yeah, you did. You used it in Despite, despite Not Raining. Yeah. Interesting. That's a, but it, it's sort of weird, because sometimes you do have like grand visions, like, okay, I'm only going to use the simple chords this week, or this week I'm going to use as many suspensions as I can, or this week I'm going to use one chord, or you know something like that. And sometimes you just think, I wonder if I can write a riff with that chord in it. Okay, cool. Let's build a song around that then. I Which think is that's something quite a good... I've done a fair. Mm. Yeah. I think I it's mean, a good to thing be fair, to do. Strange Journey is kind of like that. Like what? built around that. I think it's always good to work with limitations like that. Quite often, I think it was Peter Gabriel who once said, like, if you if you tell someone, you can kind of give someone a creative task and tell them you can do anything you want, they might struggle to write. But if you go to them. It's got to be in 3-4, it's got to be be in the key of D-sharp, it's got to have these turnarounds or whatever. Like, you've got a lot more to work with, even though you're working with less, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it does um, make me think that maybe it'd be a good idea to bring back, uh, for one or two weeks, the challenges or limitations that we had from uh, the previous series to this. Maybe not the writing of a song with the same chords backwards as forwards, because that mm. was murder for you and me. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, one or two weeks just have a set uh, line of chords or a set restriction or a set idea that must be included. It'd be kind of cool to, like, in advance before we even start, you know, a run of songs, go, right, week two and week six, they have these two challenges, and then we just have to kind of, like, go into it, you know, where it's already preempted. Mm. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, although not maybe a full run of seven because we're struggling for challenges and although it gave us some good songs it was feeling a bit constrictive by the end it was and it was yeah, obviously this is a challenge you know the whole thing is a challenge but it was very challenging yeah I mean hopefully we got better as songwriters because of it but you know I don't know We are, it does you know we are doing this all in our free time so you know you'll forgive us if we do uh, like try and uh, sort of tilt the challenges a little so that they're fun to us as opposed to it's hard work to us. Yeah, exactly. I think the next time we'll make them fun ones. Yeah. Also, the fact that um, I think it's just more fun to listen to people having fun as opposed to listening to people who have really struggled. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, know, I do. I completely agree. It's just those two being the options. Yeah, some people like to listen to people who have really struggled. 
Actually, I, I suppose <laughs> that, like, you know, a Holocaust documentary would be that. Oh, for God's sake. It's true. It's true. You know, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is all about that. That's a great book. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's gone into Holocaust jokes. They're not jokes. I'm being serious. <laughs> oh, I just, I, for a split second, I thought you were my mate Adam just going straight into the uh, Nazi Germany jokes. Um, no, no, I don't joke about things like that. You know me. No. It's still the same OG, but uh, I've been low serious. key. Sorry? Anyway, week seven. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting us back on track. And then the devil. And then the Quite devil. Quite coincidentally. After. <laughs> you, um, I mean, if, we have, if we've got anyone listening after the past minute or so. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with referencing things. Is there? Yeah, not in the context of fun versus people struggling. <laughs> God, okay, right. I'm giggling too. The Devil was, um, it was kind of, I kind of had the idea on day one of, of the writing challenge to basically write something, because I knew it was the last week, I wanted to write something a bit bigger than usual, a bit more to it, a bit more substance, and, um, like I say, I, more gave. yeah, and, um, so, um, I wanted something to kind of change key a fair bit and all that sort of thing, and I'm, fairly pleased that it came out how it came out it's like you were saying earlier in in this episode um sometimes you start out going okay i want a really sentimental song or i want a song that does this or that or abc um and it turns out different this one i guess did turn out different to what i thought it would be but um i kind of got to where i wanted to be with it i suppose um and it's definitely one that i'm going to use for um this album thingy i'm recording for next year I mean, it is a very unpredictable song. It does go all over the shop, but in, like, the great way of, like, you know, sort of just totally taking you out of left field. And then thinking, I, why don't more people do that? Yeah, it, it, Why don't more people do that? Why don't more people listen? Um, no, but it was it was kind of fun. It was like, uh, it's, I guess the piano style of it as well was sort of influenced by um, Randy Newman's 70 rec- 70s records in a way, whereas, like, it does. It is kind of like a a nice ballad in a sense. <laughs> a nice ballad about the devil, but um, he does these things. A well, lovely, sweet little ballad about Satan, <laughs> about Beelzebub. But um, but he puts in like these these really weird diminished bits into it, like an otherwise quite sweet song. And I thought that was kind of an interesting approach to, you know, putting together a piano uh, song. Uh-huh. So yeah. That's, yeah, but like. You got you got what you wanted to out of that song. And that's, I think it's an appropriate, <laughs> an appropriate ending to seven weeks of pain and torture. Yeah, is the devil. It's uh, residing in hell for my seventh week. Exactly. But um, yeah. In the seventh circle of hell. One, two, three, mark. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh dear. So um, this is why our episodes normally aren't like an hour long. 
No, true. Actually, yeah, we're, we're going pretty good. Um, longer episode, but I think it's I think it's all right because it's um, you know, last of the season party. Everybody retroactively get drunk. Everybody <laughs> retroactively take a sip every time we start goofing around or giggling. Exactly. You, you will be dead by the end of the first half. You'll have alcohol poisoning. Um, so your song for the seventh week was another unusual one. Um, yeah, despite yeah. not raining. I told you I picked some weird subject matters for this week, uh, this um, uh, run of songs. But uh, yeah, this is what I quite like because it's it's a simple riff, but it's a nice riff to play. And it's one I do want to develop with a band at some point, just purely to sort of sort of get everyone playing along to a vocal. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think that's one of the strongest points about this song is that the guitar part and the vocal melody are so well synced and they combine so well. Um, and also lyrically, I like this one a lot as well. This is another one of my um, favourites of yours that I put a star next to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really like it. Really, really like it. Good way to close out the seven weeks. And um, yeah, I know what you a mean about more. having it, the, having the bands surround the vocal, the vocal be the, you know, the centre of the mix. Yeah, but it's uh, also this and the last song were much more of my sort of less uh, structured lyric writing, more like, okay, Pen, let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> That's my approach entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does this have any meaning at all? No, fantastic, it's going in this week. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, retrospectively, I feel like it's got a fair bit of meaning. I don't know if you listen back and go, oh, it's got some, you know, a fair bit of meaning, but to me, I, I listen to it and I go, I can kind of see a through line through this. Yeah, well, I, you know, I listen to it and I think, oh, it's me saying I'm not as good as Hendrix. Well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of a cool thing about writing. Um, is it in almost a stream of consciousness way, is it can seem a bit silly you know, at the time, but if if you read it back, you kind of go, oh yeah, that kind of highlights some things I was thinking about at the time, because, not to sound too weird, but you, you are kind of, if you do it the right way, you kind of express things that might not come up if you were just writing completely consciously. Essentially, what you need to do is just uh, go down the route of, like, whenever anyone asks you, oh, so what's this song about then? I don't know, but you wrote it. Yeah, I know, and I don't know what the song's about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tempted to just do that sometimes, especially with some of the stranger lyrics. It makes like, things a lot about? easier. Yeah, just to go. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's literally just random words. I picked them out of a book. I'm lucky they make structured sentences. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I must disappear off into the uh, <laughs> into the ether. The ether, Ethernet. Remember that? Oh, I would rather not. 
I'd rather bad memories. That wasn't you Roland Dahl in that shed, and that's a very painful memory. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Oh, it's from the Russell Brand show. I, I, oh, one of my favourite things, basically. Um, there are real stories of Roald Dahl. He used to write in his garden shed, and um, it's very famous uh, that he did that. Yeah, and. Um, Russell and Matt, who were the you know the co-hosts on this radio show, they'd spoken about it months ago, and they went, "Oh yeah, he writes, and there's you know he had leaves on the floor and stuff." And then at one point, Russell says to Matt, he goes, um, "He goes, didn't you say that you know when you were younger you found out that Roald Dahl wrote um, his stories in in his garden shed? And there were leaves on the floor." And Matt goes, "That wasn't Roald Dahl. It's a very painful memory." <laughs> I just love that. Oh dear. That's a very painful memory. I'm not normally a fan enough Russell Brand, but that did make me chuckle. Honestly, anyone out there should listen to the, the show. It's kind of different, because Matt Morgan is just as much of a part of the show as he is, as Russell is. So it's kind of got a different comedy styling to maybe if you watch his stand-up or whatever. It's it's a different, it's like a great comedy show. Very, very good. Very good. Very are. Um, I suppose that's a very appropriate way to, well, a very inappropriate way to uh, wrap up our seven weeks. Yeah, so that was this run. Any thoughts on the entire run? Yeah, I, I have a few, actually, and I've got some questions for you as well. Um, I think, for me, I've really gotten into diminished chords this run. And, um, oh, I, I started out on the run, we went off air, and it's just continued in a very minor way. But um, but um, yeah, I've just really gotten into diminished um, the diminished scale and diminished chords and diminished triads and all things diminished. And um, I was when I was listening back to my songs for these past seven weeks, I was like, I've actually fit in quite a lot of diminished runs, and I'm quite pleased that that's now part of my vocabulary. And I think it wouldn't be such a um, such a part of my vocabulary musically if we hadn't have done the challenge. You know, I might have used it once or twice here and there, but the fact that I've kind of fit it into at least five out of seven of these songs. It's kind of cool. So it's just well, it's nice, nice to have just having that option on the table. Totally. It's another tool in your belt. So how about you? Anything you've noticed different in your writing or anything? Um, well, despite all the moaning that I've been doing this entire run and uh, sort of saying, oh, this wasn't as good, this wasn't as good, this wasn't as good, I must say I did enjoy... This is going to be weird for the listeners to understand because they haven't heard the songs that um, I wrote off air between uh, the two seasons, but I am much more keen on these ones than the last set I wrote for you. Yes. Which, uh, you know, it's a slightly upward improvement, but I also feel that it's going to be good if we can, in the new year, because uh, I was just sort of starting to click at the end in terms of getting songs back together. If at some point early in the new year, if we have a season, then I think it should be back to yeah back to my usual level of genius <laughs> but I, I know exactly what you mean i mean like you said before when we're not podcasting there's less of an impetus to write i, I don't know I mean, like you, you still, have occasionally well i mean i, I was going to say at all. you want to write well no matter when you're writing and how you're writing but when there's a podcast involved you kind of want you want to kind of show off your best songwriting skills and stuff like that. So, I, I think well, it's, it's like you said before. The analogy is the running partner. Like, um, if one of us doesn't turn up with something at least worthy of spending like ten to fifteen minutes talking about, mm. then that's a big disappointment. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big things about success in anything, is kind of having someone else to do it with. You know, somebody else who, if you don't, like you say, if you don't turn up on the corner to run with your partner, your running partner at 5am, then you've let them down, you know? Mm. So, so yeah, and um, no, I, I think so. Essentially, to... the past forty-five episodes have been a long-running challenge of me trying not to let Roger down. Whether <laughs> I've succeeded or not is up to the listener to decide. But you know, and vice versa. That's the thing. It's like the worst thing you can think of to turn up to record the podcast and be like, "I've got not not got a song." Imagine that. Yeah. Or like, um, oh, I've got a song, and it's got. Three chords and the G, C, and D. It's a song called okay. "I Love You." <laughs> it's a song called "My Heart Aches." But hey, there's nothing wrong with three chords. Everybody's gonna start somewhere. My first song had—I uh, can't even remember my first song. My first song was just like a riff. Yeah, I think we've discussed this before. I think which episode did we discuss our first songs? Maybe another recap episode. Um, maybe from like. The second time we did it round it, don't know. Possibly. If so if you don't forget this this time, Roger, just put that in the link in the description and you can hear what we were writing the first time round. Because even though, for example, like my ones were relatively complex chord wise, they were absolutely abysmal lyric wise. Oh, I mean and everyone's are, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, or at least the first ones that I'll admit to writing. There are one or two <laughs> skeletons in that closet that uh we're never completed, and I don't intend to touch ever again. Uh, it's, I, I think no matter how bad something is, you know, your first writing and stuff, I think it's so cool to have a record of it. And sadly, I... Because I, when I was, like, you know, 12, 13, I started writing, and I had all my stuff like on a four-track cassette recorder. And I've lost all of it because I don't have the cassettes anymore. Mm. Or actually, maybe I, I have a few. I have a few, and I should probably digitise them, but... Um, but it's always interesting and cringeworthy to... It's like Tom Waits said, when you, you know, listen back to your old songs, it's like seeing an old photo of yourself where you have, like, a double chin and, you know, like, terrible 80s clothes and stuff. Or, like, you just went in for a terrible haircut that you were really proud of at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I was going to ask you a question. Um, what techniques have you used this run that you haven't really used before? And what techniques would you like to use maybe next run that you didn't use this run, that you'd like to expand upon in your writing. Give me a minute. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's um, a fairly big question, I guess. I'm not sure there's any new techniques of actually used this run. More just like trying to get back into the habit of and trying to refine, in some cases, techniques I've used previously. Uh, like trying to include more unusual chords, but then that's what you and I always aim for at this point. Uh, trying to write better lyrics. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Actually, I can't answer that one. I know what you mean. It's it's tricky. I mean, as as much as we try to come to the podcast with new, fresh ideas, sometimes they're just small things. I suppose the only thing that triggered that question is that I don't normally have this to say, but I have like that one diminished thing that I've, you know, tried to incorporate in songs, but. Sometimes it's just a case of showing up with the best and newest thing you can, and that doesn't particularly have a label to it. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing too revolutionary about the set of songs that I've been writing this time. Um, there are things that I've been trying to avoid, but not things I've been trying to include. Anything you can comes to mind for things you're trying to avoid? 
well, for example, um, you know that thing where you've got a minor chord. It's the sixth of the scale. Right. And you're just taking the bass down by one each time. Oh yeah. Uh, which uh, Roger will now edit in the sound of the piano doing that. lovely wasn't it that sound of the piano it was lovely wasn't it but i use that a lot and it's always like one of my default things to go to to develop to a new section and it is lovely to use it and everything but i became a bit over reliant on it in the past couple of runs i must uh, say I'm, i've i've tried to avoid exactly the same thing it's funny you should say that because it's nice to have a couple of moments like that uh but then even going back to the second episode of this whole podcast thing tomorrow it's in there and it just started cropping up more and more and more, so I've just been trying to dial back on that one. It's such a nice songwriting tool, though, isn't it? I mean, I remember when I first started, I don't remember the exact time, but that I sort of discovered you could do that, and I just did it in every song I wrote. And um, eventually it just became this thing I'd use from time to time, but I think for me that one is one I'm trying to avoid a little bit more, uh, especially this season. Yeah, because like we say, it is lovely as a technique but it's just we both just use it to death a little bit yeah true true and the the, the, go, the cool thing with that thing is and um i will have inserted it before is that you can while you're playing a minor chord and you decrease the bass note by a semitone each time there are ways that you can find substitutions within that to where you're not just doing the same old thing but you're doing something with the same um the same sort of thing, but with a different movement. It's kind of hard to describe, but I'll put something in here. Well, it's also ways of inverting that, so like you can have the bass travel upwards, or like, um, like I think it happened on. Uh, did you see this when we met, but the other two notes move up instead of the bass note or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. Or even if, like, say you're playing um, say you're playing A minor, you know, for an easy piano thing, and you're going down in semitones, by the time your bass is on an F sharp, you can actually make that the top three notes of a D7 chord. So, And then you can just have a D7 chord in place of that. And then you can change, when you get your bass down to an F, you can change the entire chord to like an F minor. So there's so many different things you can do. Um, which, yeah, particularly if you're yeah. aware of what, if you're on piano, your left hand is doing. But I think that's about uh, it for this run, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Um, so cheers for listening to the Weekly Song Podcast. If you've had any questions about the entire series or in this particular episode or about anything, either leave us a comment below on SoundCloud or... Um, Leave us a review on iTunes with your comments and thoughts, or if you just uh, if you wanted to send in something longer, perhaps uh, why not write into weekly song podcast at gmail dot com, where we do receive uh, we do read every single letter that comes to us, even the advertising bots, because you know it's <laughs> we like enjoyment in our lives and we like to you know read things that people say. Exactly. Uh, where can they find you, Roger? Uh, just quickly, go away from me there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly before I say where they can find me, I just want to say um, I'm sure I'm speaking for both of us, of course, as 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 you just said. But um, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you for all the correspondence. It it means a lot, and especially this run, we've had more listeners um, per week than we've had before. We've had more correspondence than we've ever had. 
so thank it you. It has been quite it has been quite exciting to watch the play count just go up and up, and uh, it's it's really sort of nice to know that you know if you look at like the first few episodes, you got like a hundred listens for each of them that you got within a week, and it's like it's just nice to know that there are a hundred people or people who have listened a hundred times to it. So that's nice. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. So that's that's really lovely. Um, as for where you can find me, um, find me at rogerheathers.com. Look me up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's all Roger Heathers. It's all kind of under the same tag. Um, I've actually got some songs coming up soon that are more fully produced versions of um, the stuff you've heard <laughs> in, uh, in this uh, series of the podcast and uh, previous ones and that sort of thing. Um, and that'll all be on my YouTube and my, my website and on the Facebook and everything. I'm really excited to kind of share that stuff, and I hope uh, any of you guys enjoy it. So that's me, and where can they find you, Declan? As always, the only place you can find me is on the... Um, if you click on to the Weekly Song Podcast profile and you check who they're following, you'll find me on there. Absolutely. Uh, and then you why not check out our Facebook page as well? Uh, we'll try and post a couple of things up there between seasons and between downtime and everything absolutely that'd but, be good. Uh, yeah i think that's about it for this season yes thank you so, for listening until next time ta-ra ta-ra